grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. We're going to be talking about living healthy in a sick world. Our world is sick with the virus, but much more than that. There are lots of confusion, lots of bad news, lots of uncertainty, lots of angst. We're not going to talk about physical distancing today. We're not going to talk about wearing a mask. We're not going to talk about the numbers, the case counts, the vaccine rollout, the variants of concern, government missteps. What we are going to do is open up the Bible and talk about Jesus and what he's done for us. In a world full of bad news, you need some good news. In a world where everyone is fighting over the problem, you actually need some solutions. And the Bible's full of good news. And it's my job to teach you the Bible and therein preach the good news to you. And it's your job as God's blessed and loved children to declare that good news to those who need to hear it in our world that is not very well. So in Sunday morning Bible study, we're studying the letter of 1 Peter to the churches since the beginning of the year. We're now in chapter 2. Yeah, I know, it's really, really interesting, so I want to share a few couple verses of encouragement from this book. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 you have been born again. So you've been physically born once, now you believe you've been born spiritually. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. In a seed, there's power of life. The word of God has the seed and power for spiritual life. All flesh is like grass. Yeah, it dies. There's an expiry, expiration date for all of us. And all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls. We all die. But the word of the Lord remains for how long? Forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Now, wouldn't it be nice if there was good news that was consistent forever? No travel, essential travel. You can gather with 25. No, make that 10. People are maybe in a park, not in your backyard. Masks, not masks. Open for business, closed for business. AstraZeneca, yes. AstraZeneca, no. AstraZeneca, yes. Who's an essential worker? Wouldn't it be nice if there was some consistent good news? The word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. God knows we live in an ever-changing world. So he gives us something that we'll never change to hold on to. His holy word, the truth. And because of this, 
Look what he says. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So what he's talking about here is a nutritional diet that will make you healthy versus having a bad diet that will make you sick. He is using language about nutrition. And what he is doing is he's taking things that you and I experience physically and using them as, as examples for our mind, our emotional life, and our heart and our soul. How many of you have had a season in your life where you did not eat very well? You ate garbage. This often happens when you're young, but not necessarily. You feel like you can eat anything you want and you'll be fine. But as you get older, just so you know, your metabolism changes, slows down. So now, if you're in your 50s or 60s, you just drive by McDonald's and your cholesterol goes up. So as you get older, you realize, hey, I don't feel good most of the time. So you go to your doctor. He says, tell me about your diet, and I'll be able to predict your illness. And it's true to a point. For example, you all know this, if you drink too much alcohol, you'll blow out your liver. If you smoke, you'll ruin your lungs. This isn't even a surprise anymore. We actually put it on labels. And you know how it goes if you have a bad diet. The doctor says, well, you have two options. You can keep eating what you're eating, and you're going to get sicker and sicker. You're going to need medication. You're going to need surgery, and you're eventually going to die. Okay? Or you can change your diet, and we'll see what happens. And so you change your diet. You lose a little bit of weight. You start feeling better. Things are different. What is true physically is true emotionally. What is true physically is true mentally. What is true physically is true spiritually. We've all heard garbage in, garbage out. And what Peter is talking about is nutrition for your whole life. God wants you to be healthy. This nutritional language pure spiritual milk reference to God's word is also called in other places of the Bible sound doctrine and the original word for sound in the Greek is healthy God wants his healthy teaching to make you spiritually healthy. And we live in a day and age where everybody's worried about physical health, right? You notice that? Whew, everybody's worried about physical health. And it's totally good and fine. I'm all for it. But at the same time, we're so focused 
on physical health, we are not equally concerned about spiritual health, which affects our emotion and our mental health. So, what's on the diet? Beginning of chapter 2, let's take a look at a bad diet that will make you sick. Is this book practical or what? The first thing he mentions is malice. If this is on the menu, it will make you sick. Malice is, I don't like you. I don't want good for you. In fact, I want punishment and harm and danger and damage for you. I want to hurt you with my deeds or my words. I want to make your life miserable or... I will be really happy to watch that happen. Now you're probably thinking, I don't have malice. Let me ask you, have you ever talked maliciously to someone else? Have you ever used mean words to someone or about someone? How do you know that you might have malice for someone? Well, if you hear something bad has happened to them, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Do you think they deserve it? They got it coming. Serves them right. If something good happens to these people you don't like, how do you feel? frustrated man they got a promotion they got married they got they got an inheritance they got recognition malice is feeling ill will for another it is not to be in our diet true or false our culture has a malice problem The second thing that's bad for your diet is deceit. This is dishonesty. This is skewing of facts or taking details and aligning them in such a way as to paint someone in the worst possible way. Does this really happen? Well, if you've heard something called the internet, then you know, you've seen it. And what it is, is that if you love someone, generally speaking, you usually present them on their best day. But if you hate someone, you usually present them on their worst day. That's what it is. If we don't like someone, we always think of them in the worst possible way in spite of all the facts. Deceit, it's not dealing with the whole truth. Third thing, hypocrisy. Whew, quickest way to get really sick. It's mentioned often in the New Testament. It comes from ancient live theater entertainment. They didn't have a lot of actors back then. So one person would wear masks 
and play different roles. They, they never actually played themselves in the play, so you never knew who they really were. That's a hypocrite. You are with your Christian friends. Praise the Lord. Alleluia. And then you're with your drunk friends. Pour another round. Let's get plastered tonight. You're different depending on whom you are with. And the problem is no one really knows who you are. That's not me. You know that you're a hypocrite when you are afraid that these people will see me with these other people or in this situation and see me as I really am. And who you are changes depending on who you are with. When we think of a hypocrite, we don't think of the author of this letter, Peter. Sure, he made mistakes, confessed Jesus at one time, denied him at another time, but he was genuine, always genuine. No, we think of someone like Judas. When he was with Jesus, he pretended to love Jesus. And when he was not with Jesus, he was plotting against Jesus. Hypocrisy will make you sick. And another thing that will make you very, very ill is envy. Right? We green with envy. That's jealousy, coveting, wanting. And let's be honest, social media doesn't help with envy. Parents don't tell their kids to limit their screen time because they're worried about their kids' eyesight. They're worried about envy. The social media platforms that tend to grow the fastest are those that use images because it's the shortest route to envy, jealousy, coveting, and discontentment. The eyes tempt us. What are the things that we get envious of? Let's be honest. Travel plans of others. <laughs> the cars they drive. The homes they live in. Physical fitness. They've got a six-pack, six I got a cooler. Or their spouse's beauty. Wealth, education, their kids. We get envious. It used to be... It used to be we lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere with no technology. Now we all get to go online and peer into everybody's lives as if we were God. But we're not God, and we can't handle that. So we're tempted. Oh, they're on vacation. Oh, they're eating steak again. Man, those kids are honor students. Look at their new car and their dogs so well behaved. I'm envious. The problem with envy is it makes you very sick and unhealthy. And these things, they destroy relationships and they destroy families and they destroy churches. And the fifth one, slander. That's making us look good by making someone else look bad. Slander is one of Satan's tricks. Huh. Do you know what the word Satan literally means? Slanderer. 
There's a lot of slandering going on in our world. Am I right? Social shaming? Commentary based on half-truths? Everything bad gets blown up by someone for the world to see. If we jump on the slander bandwagon, it somehow makes us feel better about ourselves. If these things are part of your diet, then you'll be a very sick person. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. There is no way you can take all of these negative things in and be healthy. It's like starting your day eating batteries and washing it down with antifreeze. And I can't feel why, feel, figure out why I feel so bad later on in the day. So here is the question. Is there an alternative to this kind of diet? Is there nutrition somewhere in this world? And yes, there is. And it is the Word of God. You as the children of God need nutrition for your mind, your heart, your soul. Just like a baby needs good nutrition for its immune system to develop and for its body to grow. And what Peter is saying is that there are five things on the menu that can make you sick, but there is one thing that can make you healthy, and it is the Word of God. It is the Bible, the Scriptures, the God who made you has designed a diet for you because he loves you and he wants you to be healthy and he wants you to grow spiritually. He doesn't want you to be sick and depressed and miserable and anxious and hopeless and stressed and bitter and conflicted. He wants you to be healthy. So he uses this language. You've been born again of imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God. And what he is saying is that people are the product, get this, people are the product of their teaching. If you look at a kid who is malnutrition, malnourished, there should be compassion for that kid Somebody needs to make sure that that kid gets a better diet. I feel the same way as a spiritual father, shepherd, overseer, call it what you want. They don't forgive because they've got bad teaching. They don't unburden and confess their sins because they've, they've got bad teaching. They don't believe that God loves them because they've had bad teaching and as a result, they're sick. You need God's word as much as you need food. Jesus said it this way, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Couldn't have been clearer. In addition for nutrition for the body, the mind and the soul, the heart needs nutrition so first of all you need to get this disciple teach your palate 
If your taste right now is, man, I just like watching the news, you're not going to be healthy. If your palate is, I live on social media all day, you will not be healthy. If your palate is, I binge watch Netflix every day, you're not going to be healthy. None of these things are a sin, but they are like junk food and they're not nutritional for your spiritual life. You need to disciple, train your palate. Now, if you've ever tried to do this for your physical palate, you know this takes a little while to get used to new kinds of food. For some of you, you've had pretty good Bible teaching and your palate's well on its way to be discipled and trained and you've got to keep it up. For others of you, you need to retrain, disciple your spiritual palate, and it's a work in progress. It takes a while if you've been eating garbage to start eating healthy to see the results, am I right? How many of you go to the doctor, he says, you need to change, the, change your diet. You go home, you eat a bag of carrots, you say, I don't feel any better. No, you've got to do it for a while. It takes a little while to build health if you've been sick for a long while. So just because you've picked up the Bible one day, it doesn't mean it's going to erase 20 or 30 or 40 years of garbage in. Once you change your diet and start to get healthy, you realize how sick you were. And what happens is that after you've been eating healthy for a while, it's, it's hard to go back to that junk food. Your body doesn't like it anymore and it rejects it. It's true of the Word of God. It sets a pattern and a precedent of health for your life. So just like a good parent cares about their kids' nutrition, us pastors care about your nutrition, and that includes all of you who are joining us online. We want you to learn God's Word and keep learning God's healthy Word and also have the confidence to learn it yourself. I mean, that's why the sermon is the central part of the service and the longest part of the service, because if you take the time to get out of bed, get dressed up, and drive to church, we're going to make sure that you get some protein in your diet because we want you to be healthy, because we love you. Here's the thing. You can eat a bag of Doritos really fast, but it takes a while to cook a good meal. And what is interesting is now that they've proven this statistically, I'm kind of excited to share this. There was a study done, you can look it up, back to the Bible, on reading your Bible and your state of well-being. 400,000 people surveyed, that's quite a lot. The result was called the power of four effect. Who reads the Bible? Who doesn't? When do they study it? Along with the general feeling of well-being in a person's life. And here's what they found. And it was a surprise. One day a week, not much movement on the wellness needle. Two days a week, not a big movement on the needle. Three days a week, not a big movement on the wellness needle needle. Four days a week, big 
difference, the power of four. And what happens is the Bible goes from being a minority of your life to becoming a majority of your life once you cross over that threshold. Those who read the Bible four plus days a week were 407% more likely to memorize scripture. Reading it all the time makes sense. You want more of it because it starts to make you feel better. You crave more good news. You're training your palate. 228% more likely to share their faith with others. 59% less likely to view pornography. If your mind is consumed with the word of God that makes you healthy, that will fight against the things that will make you unhealthy. 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. I mean, based on that, you would think mental health professionals would prescribe the Bible reading first. See how that works. Now, I'm not saying that medication is bad or counseling is bad. No way. That's good. I'm just saying if statistics say reading your Bible more than four days a week has a good chance to help you deal with your loneliness, let's try that. And it makes perfect sense because if you're lonely, you need someone to talk to. And that someone wants to talk to you. And that's your creator. Because he loves you. He made you. He knows you. God speaks to you in his word and he wants what is best for you. And remember, the Bible is the only book you read where the author meets with you. So let's be honest. Our world's not healthy. And it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you are left-leaning or right-leaning. We all agree the world is not very healthy and people are not doing well. And a lot of people are self-destructing. Depression's up, anxiety's up, loneliness is up, alcohol abuse is up, drug abuse is up, spousal abuse is up, joy is down. And if as the children of God we're going to say, I'm going to allow that to be my diet, we're neglecting the great gift that God gave us in his word to become healthy. Now, this world is probably not going to get healthy anytime soon, but you can be healthy in spite of it by God's doing through his living and abiding word. Notice those words living and abiding some people are just waiting for the news to change to get better it may it may not the point is that if you are waiting for everything out there to get healthy so that you can now get healthy you're wasting your life it's just like our salvation god didn't wait for us to become good before he saved us while we were still powerless, Christ died for us to save us. He doesn't wait for us to get healthy. He gives us his word to help us be happy in a world and in circumstances 
that are not. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk of God's word, that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted the Lord is good. And then I leave you with this from Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the waters, so my soul pants for you. That Bible verse, by the way, was on a little piece of paper scribbled on there by a little, little fellow in our church. Not but that high. He came out of church last Sunday. He showed me the piece of paper with Psalm 42.1 written on it. I'm trying to memorize the scriptures. If it starts at a young age like that, you can be sure that that little fella's palate is going to be healthy. And so I pray, we all pray, that we might read, learn, mark, inwardly digest God's word more than four times a week. Make it a majority in our life and see how our spiritual health changes. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.